0: So that's like makes me happy, just, you know, push and push and push. But it's not like a pressure push. We're happy. And I have a very small team, small kitchen, small team. It's, it's almost like a family.
1: This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Traditions, particularly when it comes to food, speak of our past, inform our present, and give a foundation to grow. When it comes to traditions, the old adage, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, often fits. But evolution requires that change should always be up for discussion. How do you successfully listen to the views of older generations, but create your own path too? Joshkin Oysel is the chef and owner of Tulum Restaurant in Victoria, how are you?
0: Ah, oh, thank you, Anthony. I'm very well. Thank you for the invitation.
1: You've uh, made an incredible impact uh, on the culinary landscape, and there's a couple of Turkish operators that have done some amazing things. But you've made quite a um, an imprint. Um, what does it feel like being part of part of sort of something so new and amazing?
0: Um, you know, you know what? I'm actually a, a NIV guy in this country, so I moved to Melbourne, to Australia, straight from Istanbul almost six years ago. And I think I was in a big advantage of not to know the culture here in Australia and didn't have any idea about the Turkish restaurants or Turkish culture in this country. Um, so, I mean, when I find this spot in Kallaroo Street, Balaklava, and I thought, okay, it's small place, manageable. So let me try. Um, I think not knowing anything about the food and wine culture in Melbourne, in Australia, it's give me a, a, like a um, like a open page, which is do anything you like, do anything you want, without without knowing anything what's happening around. Um, I. I think that was one of the reason, and then the second reason I think it's because um, the there's nothing wrong with that too but the older, under Turkish name, the Turkish restaurants all around, it's actually more Middle Eastern culture than Turkish culture and so I'm concentrated on 100% Turkish. Turkish culture and and Turkish regional because in Turkey we have seven region and each region have different food different different um, the the culture to be honest one region only based on olive oil and vegetable the other region is only based on meat and the other region is fish so you know like so it's not just based on kebabs and dips. Uh, so that, I think that is the reason that we um, we are on the map at the moment.
1: What was it like sort of when you started to try and um, send that message that Turkish food is so different to what people perhaps are used to in Australia or, or perceive in Australia?
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so, so first, as I said, I'm six years here, first three years, it was nightmare, literally, and um, every single night when I close the restaurant, while i 'm locking the doors, I said that is my last I 'm not coming back tomorrow and it's it's just almost like in this time of period, I'm actually losing my hairs <laughs> you know like it's just the only reason is just explaining myself, the cuisine and the culture first three years it was uh, I'm like actually I'm shaking at the moment while I'm thinking about that. It's the I said to myself I'm not coming back tomorrow that's it like every single day and cry like a baby on my, um, on my partner's shoulder every single night. It's, it's, it's felt like you know say for example you came here for dinner today and you had a great experience and then you go out saying to your friends look there's a new Turkish restaurant you must go but you only give the information is great Turkish restaurant. So people like who hear about us, the information is that much. They bring their own wine and they sit down and, and, and expect that we serve dips even without looking at the menu. They say, oh, just bring the dips without looking at the menus. And all, when they look at the menu, they say, no way. What sort of Turkish restaurant? You don't have kebab. And and like in the week, weekend, um, people book for like five or six people. And I say, when I look at the um, booking system. I said, oh, it's going to be a great night. So lots of like big groups. And then literally they sit down, look around. Oh, my God, don't you have a belly dancer tonight? No live music? And I said, no. And literally, I'm not exaggerating. Literally, they all stand up and left the restaurant without trying any of the dishes without giving me any chance so it's so first three years it was nightmare yes and it wasn't easy but i didn't want to change anything what i do because that's what i love to do and this is how grow i have what i learned from my mother like you know the, the the tulum And here is like the research and respect for the tradition of Turkish cuisine. But at the same time, I love to question, you know, okay, we did this, but can we do this way? And then, you know, without losing any flavor, but the way that cooking techniques, you know, we're in 2022. You know, it's just amazing cooking equipments all around at the moment. And and so I'm just basically using old traditional Ottoman Turkish Anatolian recipes, but based on amazing Melbourne products.
1: Well, I want to explore the turning point and what you've created there at Tulum. But take us back to um, Turkey. Where, where did you grow up, and and what was food like for you and your family?
0: Um. Actually, I'm I'm very lucky in a way because I mean I was born in Istanbul and my parents, my mother, she's from Çanakkale, which is Gallipoli, and and my father, he's he's uh, from uh, uh, Balikese, which is the next town. And but I'm so lucky because my mom, she was also a chef. But when I say chef, she wasn't really cooking in a in a professional restaurants but she was cooking a staff meal for the offices so every day she go to one of this offices so they have like 10 12 um people in the office so she make them a staff meal so and and she she knows the food she knows the, and she also loved what she was doing it and 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 every single night when she's back home You know, that's why I felt like lucky and still feeling lucky that she was cooking minimum three to four different dishes every single night. So it wasn't like from a dish from from last night. So it's like always something like different. It's still Turkish, like 100 percent traditional Turkish dishes. But I have, um, like, having this, all this, um, uh, the, the dishes from all over, from Turkey. And that's actually, you know, because the food is also um, very emotional. So whatever I had done, it is stuck with me. So, uh, so the, 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 the dishes that we do at the moment here, it's based on my emotional memories from what my mother used to cook for us. And so I mean that's like because of that I'm lucky and so I study um tourism and hotel management in in, in, in in Turkey, in Istanbul. And then I went to, you know, when I was studying, so we have to do a stage to finish the school. And I went to one of the hotel and for a six month stage. So in this period, you just do like a bar and floor and 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 cleaning the rooms and then I ended up in the kitchen. And I thought, oh my god, look, you know, it's a different different world here actually. It is it's with all the fresh ingredients, cooking and the smell of the food all around. And I thought, that's quite interesting actually. That's it's this is what I like to do. Um, so, and then I thought, okay, because I want to be a chef, and then I thought, better go to London. And I went to London for studying food and wine at Prue Elite's and also did some work experience. And um, at the 15, which is the Jamie Oliver restaurant, and the Savoy Hotel and a couple of other, other restaurants. But that's give me a... Opportunity to see the other cuisine, how they how they um, how they use the ingredients in a way that I thought, oh my god! So that's eggplant the way that they cook. I actually can do the similar way with the baba ganoush, but make it in different, but still the flavor of baba ganoush. Doesn't make sense, yeah. so that's give me like a uh, open my vision, but at the same time while I was studying and you know the school is finished, all my experience is finished back to Istanbul and um, there was a place it wasn't open. we opened the door with my with my bosses. I was a the chef there, and the it's called the house cafe, so I'm talking like probably eighteen years ago. And then giving me that experience in, in, in England, in Europe. Then we start opening this, the house cafe. It was like a coffee shop, but it's, it's a house. One of the houses turned into coffee shop. So that's why they call it the house cafe. And then we were actually 18 years ago, first ex-Benedict first pancake <laughs> if you think about this like first muesli so so the, the restaurant the house has become so popular in six months eight months and then my bosses thinks it's a great opportunity. Just let's open another one let's open another one so i was the executive chef of 12 restaurant in 12 years and and the three hotels mm-hmm.
1: What sort of pressures were you under at that stage, and um, what did you take from that time?
0: Um, I mean, there's there's a I mean it's good and bad. But Istanbul, there's the food and wine culture. There's no restaurant reviews. There's no reviewers. So that give you a less pressure because you know it's in Melbourne it's, you know it's it's big pressure, but it's good pressure for me. I, I don't I'm not complaining. But having this um uh working in this in Istanbul and other great part is there is millions of young people looking for a job. So you are never understaffed. So if you need I'm not just talking about the hospitality, but I'm at the moment um in my house, so we're doing renovation. That's renovation. To plan it, it takes seven months just to plan without starting the work. But in Istanbul, it takes seven days, start and finish. <laughs> so, so there's like no short of people. And so that's give you like a good um, uh, good start. So and and then you know in this time I had like sixty five chefs that who works in our places, and they're all hungry, young, talented chefs. But the problem was none of them um, speaks any English. Its only reason is the 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 um, probably it's the and there wasn't any schools, you know, 20 years ago, like a cooking schools, like modern. And they were not able to travel around to Europe to learn English or go to cooking school around the Europe. But when they see me, you know, I was like young too. I think I was 25 by then. And seeing like another young guy, been to Europe, speak English, and then they want to get more information and experience from me. So that was like, it's great opportunity for us to work together. Um, and even like, I don't know to mention you about this, but it, it, we have a Tulum cookbook. And so I work with um, Tim Gray. He's probably one of the best photographer I ever met in my life. And, but the plan, my, when I was, you know, I always wanted to have a cookbook, but only reason is I'm the lucky Turk that who able to travel financially. It wasn't easy, but I was lucky enough to travel and, you know, work in the places in Europe. And, but there's Turk, young Turk chefs all around Turkey. They're actually better than me. They're actually smarter than me, and they're actually talented than me. But I was only one step ahead of these people because I can speak English. And so this cookbook that you know we created here is for me is I don't know how to explain like a holy. Uh, it's like a bible for me. It's like a Quran for me. For me to show. This young generation in Turkey that how Turkish cooking or food can be this, because when I was growing up, I dream about this cuisine, but I didn't have any, um, any book to search, any, anything to read, you know about this cuisine. It's all like old, traditional, which is fine, but there wasn't anything front of me. To give me a sense of um, direction, so that Tulum cookbook is the only come out it 's because of that reason to to showcase for young Turks that who can 't travel
1: well it 's an, it's an extraordinary book who who are the main mentors that helped you on your path and, and gave you the inspiration to do what you do um,
0: i mean it's it's the, uh, the my mom is always the inspiration that's what i learned like basic cooking but it's the it's the hard part in our in our um uh you uh, uh, job is to cook actually simple basic stuff that's the hard part so i'm very lucky that my mom teach me uh, because you know it, in a in a way like she didn't teach me in a way like, okay Josh, here is what we do now. It was because she had to work every day, like all day, and I was missing her. To be around with to spend with time with her. So whenever she's home, I stuck, you know, her leg and she's spent all her time in the kitchen. So I was in the kitchen with her. So I learned like, you know, to look at her, she's talking about things, but it wasn't like a teaching Doesn't make sense. So she was my biggest inspiration. And, and also like, you know, just, um, traveling, eating out in the restaurants. And, and, but again, like the way that what I see in other cuisine is I always think, Oh my God. So I can do similar stuff with my own cuisine. So that's the inspiration. So I see, the, I see food in a different way that, you know, my partner see it.
1: What led to the move to Australia? Oh,
0: <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, that's also the part of reason um, that being here is, actually main part of reason is uh, I met with my partner. His name is Peter. And when I was studying food and wine in London, that is, we just actually celebrated our 18 years anniversary last month. And so uh, he was working in London for Australian government and I was doing the studying, um, studying food and wine. So we met, we click, we fall in love with each other. And then after a while, you know, my, my school is finished back to Istanbul and his, his work is finished in London, so he back to Melbourne. And for probably 10 years, we try to keep our relationship in a long distance. And once a year, I came to Melbourne, say like two weeks, just to be with him, spend time together. Twice a year, Peter came to Istanbul and then we just travel around and just to be together. But after a while, I think that's like six, seven years ago, I said to him, okay, that's it. I can't keep going like this. I'm getting older, you're getting older. Let's finish this or do something and I had a very good life to be honest, in Istanbul working with the house cafe you know we're growing and growing every year and and it's 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 good life I mean I have my friends and my family it's it was happening by then. and I said to him, "Okay, okay, you know it's hard for me to start again it's like the london in in Melbourne. I know the food and wine is, it's amazing. I do, I didn't think that, you know, I can be that level to, um, to compare with the other restaurants. And I want to stay in Istanbul. You should come and try. And then he says, yes, that's great. I can, but the only barrier is the, he, he can only speak English. So he says, that means like, why don't you just come just for a year? And see what you're doing, and then if it doesn't work, let's think something else again. Oh, so that was a bit pressure actually, and I talked to my boss, and she says, "Look, I won't uh, hire anyone on your position. Just go for a year, and if you feel like you know it's not for you, if, um, you know if you're not gonna happy there, come back. There's a job still here for you. So that's give me like a make a easy decision actually and but that's the reason like so I moved here it's because of my partner so we I'm here like since then it was a one year but now it's already six and a half seven years altogether and we are happy I'm still in love with him and so I can actually I'm actually uh, (laughs) impressed with myself that Publicly, I can say I'm in love with Peter, but in Turkey, in, especially in Istanbul, like Istanbul, that's where I was born and grew up, and I wasn't able to stick yeah. out. So you know, I have to be careful all the time. And, you know, you, even like you have to be, you have to be macho looking all the time that people don't pick you. You know what I mean? So, but now I'm in this country, you know, I'm now become an Australian citizen, I think already eight months, nine months, and I'm having best time of my life, in personal life and with my professional life. And yeah, great. I'm happy to be part of this culture here.
1: You mentioned the challenges of the first couple of years with Chulam, with, um, you know, crossing sort of people's perceptions and making them understand the, the depth of Turkish cuisine. What was, what was a turning point for the restaurant in, in changing that perception?
0: Uh, I could actually give you two um, examples with this. The, um, the first one, um, um, we have a dessert from Ottoman Empire. In Istanbul, there's a place called Topkapı Palace. So chef in then, chef used to make this dessert, which made with, with chicken, to sultan, and, but there's no logic to use protein in dessert other than to show off, hey, I'm, I'm wealthy, I can eat protein chicken in my dessert while you can't even find bread. So that's like a show off. hey, look at me, I'm wealthy. So I thought, that's great story and great dish, which I remember that I used to eat that in Turkey. And I thought, okay, I'm going to put that on my menu. So there's a chicken dessert on the menu. And every single night, again, like probably it takes two months. It was, I, I mean, I push myself, keep it on the menu. So two months on the menu, every night, each table. Please. Please just try just on me, please. Chicken and dessert. No way. So we want don't you have a buck So <laughs> and so like two months I said, oh god, okay. Um looks like I'm I'm uh giving up so I take it off from menu. And then one day um the master chef they see all menus and they said can you bring that chicken dessert in our show as a as a guest um judge. I said what are you serious? They said yes we are. Okay, I said, love to. So I take the chicken dessert and there's a pressure um pressure game and so these guys have to try this uh, this my version of this chicken dessert and they have to find out what is inside this dessert. So they all say cinnamon, this and that, milk, yep, all correct. But they didn't know actually it's made with chicken. So I, I have to tell them this dessert made with chicken. So have, the pressure is they have to make any dessert with a protein. So what's happened? Next day, after that, put the chicken dessert on my menu and the double price without me begging to anyone. Everyone came to Tulum for chicken dessert. <laughs> so that was like wow. So exactly like I felt wow. And the second one was, and um, you know, like uh, you asked me actually about how Tulum is, um, the, you know, welcome in this in this country. But before me in this country, there was jo- there is still like his. I love him so much. Um, George Columbus, and I respect him a lot. And what George was actually did for Greek cuisine, so that is what I'm doing with Turkish cuisine. So he, with the, you know, there's three judges, and one day in the middle of winter, and again, like my depression time, you know, no one wants to, everyone wants to have kebabs and dips. So the door is open, which I didn't know they were coming. And so three muscle-shaped judges... Including Yotam uh, Ottolenghi, I said, "Oh, why?" <laughs> so you know, like enough pressure. So and then you know, there's four of them. They order everything. They loved everything. And then there was an email next day from the master chef. They invite me as a guest and uh, chef. So probably there's two um, things is changed my life here. At Tulum because I used to explain myself like verbally every single night for each table. So and then when you're on national TV, so in say five, ten minutes, whichever, I don't know the time. But then you explain yourself, say in five minutes, to whole country. So that makes my life easier after that. So people now on, they know We don't do kebabs and dips, so which is which is great help. So I can concentrate on my stuff, my dishes, you know, all the paperwork, rather than just trying to explain, explain, and explain. It's also emotional. It's quite tiring.
1: You mentioned um, the importance of your book and um, communicating um, to Turkish chefs as well, and on what can happen and, and their imagination. What was it? How did you feel putting that book together?
0: Um, I mean, uh, more, it's it's not a it's you know when I because it wasn't a plan for you know two years three years. It was always in my heart, and I knew always in my head that what I want to do with the book. You know all those recipes. I knew it. All the regional. I knew it because the book is also um, seven recipes from seven re- different region. So it's just to show off, a show off to people that you know it's different cuisine in different region, and but um, it's just working like someone with a team that they take the picture. It's amazing, and I work also with Melbourne. Uh, Publisher, Melbourne Book Publisher, so they actually allow me to um, do any styling, the colours and the plates and, and and presentation. So because I knew what I want, so that makes my life even easier. Um, but again, this book is not for to make money out of this book. So you, I mean, to be honest. You can't make money out of books unless you're you're Otolengi, you know you bring out three or four books every every year. and but that was main reason is for me to showcase the modern cuisine and also help for the young chefs in Turkey that unfortunately they can't travel. The reason is you know this this financial economy reasons that you know it's not able to, and so but I mean I receive a lot of great um, uh, emails and and Instagram messages you know this this young chefs all around the um, Turkey, you know like some of them they say look you know we want to buy the book but because it's online because it's the dollar. It's, we can't. So I said, don't worry, like we have extras. So I keep sending the books to, to the young chefs all around the Turkey just to, just to, you know, open their mind, open, you know, open. So even they have a dream to bring that dream um, to reality.
1: Tell us a little bit about your food and the evolution of uh, Turkish cuisine and and what you're doing there. Is there a dish or two that you can speak of um, that sort of exemplifies your cooking?
0: Uh, of course. Um, so as like you know it's the it's the mainly is I research the the traditional Turkish cuisine, also Ottoman, but I also respect that traditions and it's always been essential parts of the kitchen that what we do here and what we create at Tulum. And, you know, it's, but, you know, while I respect all this tradition, but at the same time, I believe that it should be open for discussion. And then, you know, we listen, you know, like my mom, we listen all the generation, we listen the all the chefs, but I don't like, I don't want to crush the ideas. You know, there's just, even like sometimes here, there are customers when they eat the dishes, they say, oh, my mother didn't make this dish in that way. That's correct. Yes, that's fine. But that's what I mean. I'm not your mother and I'm not trying to be your mother. But we're trying to be here, like, to, to, Because the people, when they say their mother didn't, because it's the emotional barrier, so that's so hard and challenge for us to break that emotional barrier. And then, but actually, when they look at the dish, they say that before they even tasted it, they even like accuse me that I'm not Turkish, you know. And but when they actually, because it doesn't look Turkish at all. But that's the main um, essential part of when we create dishes here. We keep the um, traditional flavor 100% have to be the flavor. It's, it's because of what I used to eat. I have to feel that, understand that uh, the smell and the, and the tastes have to be the same. But we just change the way that it looks. And then, you know, one day, even like they say, oh, you're not Turkish. But I said, hold on, just taste. And then I will come back to your table and we'll talk again. And then a couple of minutes later, I honestly, I'm not exaggerating. And I find these ladies, they actually crying because they say, my God, it reminds me of my actually my grandmother's that she used to do this and that. But I'm... Um, I'm just what I'm trying to do here is just to rethink the Turkish cuisine. That's all I do here. It's not like I don't see myself, you know. I, I don't. We don't take ourselves serious here, honestly. Like we're all like, I mean, how many chefs are on the world? Billions, and you know, see, so if we are one of them, we're not like special people. We just. Take ourselves, we don't take ourselves serious, but we take our job serious. And so I think that's, um, um that's shaped the, uh, uh the, the food that what we do here, but also, you know, there's all Turkish Ottoman recipes, but mixed with amazing Melbourne uh, products that we can get anything, everything. And, but, you know, that's the, that's the, um, the you know even the the that in Turkey we have such a big reach and it's a deep food culture and we just take one item there keep the flavor and change the way how how it looks nothing like I don't I don't know I, we just don't create a cuisine it doesn't make sense the cuisine is already there. The flavor is already there, which makes my life easier. Just take that part and then change it a bit and then just serve it that's that's simple as it is.
1: Well, it's incredible what you've created. Well what do you love about what you do?
0: Um, because it's the the creativity because also that's you know you know I'm very actually proud. The cuisine that we have which is amazing flavorsome so tasty but just take that flavor and taste just take that flavor and just turn into the modern world um uh, the dishes you know we're in melbourne i think i mean i've been to london new york paris all those big cities around the world the food capital they call themselves but to be honest Melbourne is the food capital all around the world, serious restaurants and serious chefs all around and you know like just being um being in this uh it's 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 pushed me too to catch these people you know like who's front of me doesn't make sense so that's that makes me happy and 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 push me to. To involve, and you know, we also change the the dishes almost like maybe like two dishes every single week, and then something else, and then something else. We used to have a dish called chilber, one of the egg dish, and I think that was like a couple of years ago. It's the best dish of the year in in Victoria, and but it's not on the menu. It's you know when we perceive that um you know. Uh, it's not our word but when they say that it's the best and then i thought okay that's brilliant so i just can't sit back and then rely on one dish and the next day we take that off the menu and we just add something else and so that's like makes me happy just you know push and push and push but it's not like a pressure push does it make sense we're happy and i have a very small team um including me three people in the kitchen every single day small kitchen small team it's it's almost like a family
1: well you're an absolute inspiration and it's an honor to have you on deep in the weeds today to hear your story Um, please keep in touch and we'll catch up again soon
0: Oh, thank you very much for the invitation.
1: This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Stay tuned as we take a deep dive into the lives of the incredible people who ply their trade in the food and hospitality sector. Special thanks to executive producer Rob Locke for making this all happen. Follow us on Instagram at in podcast, or email us at podcast at Stay safe and be well.